welcome to In the Village, a Prisoner Introcast. Today, we'll be discussing episode 16. Yep, folks, there's only one more to go. Uh, once upon a time. But first, my name is Shane, as I'm joined by John. Hello. And Aaron. Salutations, everybody. We have no guest, but hopefully somebody might join us. Maybe. So, maybe. Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, but first, we will talk. I will read the TV war synopsis, and it says the prisoner faces ruthless aggression in an effort to make him reveal why he resigned from a top secret job. One man must break the prisoner or number two, and for the loser in the end. Dot dot dot. That's where it ends. Yeah, that's where the synopsis ends. They end with an ellipses. Lovely. Yeah. So, overall, what do you think? This was a really good episode. Excellent. Very very confusing episode, but I feel like it was the kind of stuff I feel like we should have expected to see the whole freaking time. Okay, cool. Brilliant. Uh, first note is that this episode would film six. Yep. Because it was meant to be the um, mid-season cliffhanger. Yeah, scheduled to be the final episode of the first season after yeah. after the show was cancelled. Yeah. Use it as a springboard for the final episode. Yeah. Mm. You've been reading your IMDb trivia. Of course I have. <laughs> this is actually also McGowan's favorite episode. At least according to IMDb. Uh, it would. Yeah, you gotta think that somewhere out there, there's a multiple universe where we got two full seasons of The Prisoner. <laughs> two full seasons. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's the same universe where we got like six seasons of Firefly, and then like, uh, uh you know, a, a competent DC movies, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was written and directed by Patrick McGowan, as I'm sure you're aware. So that's why it made complete sense beginning to end. <laughs> uh, yeah, he wrote it under the persona or the pseudonym Archibald Schwartz. Didn't he use that for a couple of other episodes, too? Not that particular pseudonym. He, he, he used to write under pseudonyms, but, not, but he used to change the pseudonym over time. At least for the prisoner, anyway. Was there a reason he did that? Uh, Yes, because he didn't have any confidence in the script. (laughs) Well, let me me rephrase that. He didn't think... uh, If he put his name to the script, he would have thought... He thought that everybody would think he was mad. Nice. Uh, For instance, Patrick... Postmaster Mickey O'Toole was mystified when he got the first pages of Degree Absolute. I couldn't make head or tail of it, Peter to- O'Toole tells- told Stephen Ricks and the prisoner investigated. Who is this lunatic Schwartz? I said to Patrick, he should be locked up in the Shanley, that's a psychiatric hospital, when he laughed and walked away from me. So it turns out McGowan was actually just insane. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we'll get into the episode. Into the episode proper. Indeed. And we see... I was going to say we see a new number two, but we see an old number two reappear. Yeah. Yeah, again. Yeah, what do you think? Um, As he was my favorite number two, uh, I'm glad to have him back. Excellent. You said I was done. Well, about that. <laughs> yes. He was not happy to come back. No. Especially with the rover in the, in, in the chair. Yeah, a chair comes up. Rover's sitting there. And look like a, just like, I was like, why is rover in the chair? And why do you look like an egg in a, in a seat? <laughs> yes. Uh, turns out rover's actually number two in this episode. Yes. 
What do you think of him bad-mouthing the butler? Yeah, the butler didn't deserve that. He's just no. bringing him breakfast. Come on. Yeah. He's doing his job. Yeah. It's not really fair. Shouldn't take it out on the help, really. No. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because uh, the script actually referred to the butler as Angelo throughout, reference to Angelo Muscat, of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Good back and uh, back. I haven't really told you this, but uh, uh, the butler was meant to be a six-foot gentleman, and uh, Angelo Muscat was employed. It's kind of weird casting right there. And um, then the new number two, or the old number two, depending on how you look at it. The current number two for this episode. Yeah, that's true. Or the Omicron. The Omicron. Yeah. Uh, goes through his progress report. You only to find that they're not making any progress. Exactly. And we do see that footage of number six for like the third time. He's punching on biscuits. Yep. Back and forth. Yep, yep. You can tell this that particular bit of footage was actually done originally for this episode. Mm. For the fact that it continues and the fact that he picked up the telephone. Yeah. It actually has some payoff. Yep. Either that or Six just eats biscuits really angrily and walks back and forth in his parlor. But well, it's not much else to do in the village, so might as well. <laughs> Come on, you can go watch the band. You can go play on the giant metal sh- or giant concrete ship. Uh, you can you can be attacked by rover. You <laughs> can definitely be attacked by a rover. Isn't that isn't that everybody's favorite pastime in the village? Getting attacked by a rover. Possibly, yes. What do you think of the um, the, 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 the little sequence that wasn't really paid off between number six and the Umbrella Man, as he, he referred to in the um, in the title credits? I thought they were going to come back to that, but they didn't. Mm. I I was just kind of wondering. It's like, all right, six. Are have you lost it, or are you just just feel like messing around with people now? Yeah, Definitely. Just, I, uh, you go ahead, John. Sorry. Oh no, uh, he's just being a dick. I was about to say, it just certainly harps back to what number two would no number six was like. At you know at the start. Of the series. No, no. I feel like I feel like also you know I, I'm also stealing this slightly from IMDb that yeah. you know the 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 interaction with the Umbrella Man kind of shows how they they had planned for this episode maybe to to be used you know to develop six later on yeah. you know because. He, it's obviously a, definitely a very different persona than Six has kind of been throughout every episode before. Yeah. You know, kind of a bit more, a bit more edgy, you know, kind of on you know, really tense rather than kind of the kind of smug attitude we're kind of used to him having. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like, you know, and I, I'm, like I said, stealing it from IMDb, it's kind of a... You can see how they had really planned for this episode to kind of be used as a as a point for another season that they never got the chance to actually make. So, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. if we ever talked about it, but how popular was uh, the Prisoner when it first released? It was quite popular. I mean, uh. It was shown on every single because um, um, ITV affiliate over here in the UK. Hmm. So, I, I don't know. It, it just seems like if you have a show that's you know everybody is watching, why wouldn't you you know re up it? 
I'm not quite sure, actually. I mean, it was just one of those, you know, Lagoon was so difficult to work with that nobody wanted to come back, or he pissed off somebody in upper management. I don't know, it's just one of those things that maybe we'll never get the answer for. Well, 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 they were, well, they originally wanted to do seven episodes, and then um, New Grade, who was the owner of ITC, said, you know, you can't sell seven episodes, can you make it 26? And we did the, we did the 13 episodes at least, uh, that we saw earlier, and then It was e- it was either ca- it was either cancelled, which allowed, and they was given a small budget for the, for the next four episodes, or um, McGoon went to New Grade and said, "I haven't got an ending, and we need to stop it now. I'm confu- too confused with the project." Hmm. Well, either way, I guess we'll never really know. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, anyway, we've got Leo McKern back. We have Leo McKern, and he decides he wants to um, call for degree absolute. Yeah, he gets to do an argument with uh, number one about it. Yeah. I think the line he said was something about um, uh, I'm a good man, but he'll be better if you can if you can break him, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But then everybody freaks out when he declares degree absolute. Yeah. What when you were watching it, what do you think what do you think degree absolute was? Before we obviously we see what you know. Um Honestly, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I mean, it's it's obviously some some high level protocol that the, the village has in place. Um, it wasn't exactly what I. I wasn't sure if I actually had like a clear picture of what I thought it was, but it ended up not being what it was. If okay. that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I thought it'd be just the final like, protocol. Yeah, it's this it, or nothing. It's kind of what I. That's about yeah. what I gathered. Yeah, mostly from it. I thought it was the whole. Yeah. So it's successful in calling for the degree absolute from number one, and he marches over to the supervisor's control center, and supervisor's a bit miffed, wants to call the for degree absolute, but he agrees, and then. um, I I would just like to say that it's good to see that uh, was it um forty six. It's the guy who's normally there. Yeah. Is that his yeah, number? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's good to see he didn't stay fired because. Yes. <laughs> I don't think we ever got back to that, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few yeah, episodes yeah. ago, he got fired, and now he's back. It's good he got to keep his job. Yes. I think a lot of things were reverse after we found out that that particular number two was meant to be unhinged. Uh, then they. Then uh, it's just. Basically, it's just number two and uh, the supervisor in the control room. And they um, do the old mi- um, mine thing with the lamp again. Yeah, except that this time they bring it, they you know, really bring it up. Yeah. And after a couple of, after a couple of moments, um, number two visits number six in his own home. And we find out that number six has actually reverted back to being a kid again. Yeah, because they put the lamp on him, and then uh, two starts doing nursery rhymes. Mm. Like what? What? <laughs> yeah. Barely started the episode, and clearly number two has already lost it. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So. Um, number two, number six gets dressed, 
and they take him all the way over to the village, going the long way around the village for some bizarre reason, because it should be a short walk across the street, but they take him through the village. Oh, and they get him ice cream, too. He looks so happy with the ice cream. Yep. Let's go for a walkie. Yep. And then we go below number two's office for the first time. And we all go all the way down. And then we see the moving platform, which is a bit of a rewritten, oh sorry, repurposed thing from uh, Arrival. Was it? Yeah. Uh, so we see. Uh, what we know to be later in the episode, the embryo room. Bum, bum, bum. Which one of you should recognize? Should we? Or maybe not. Which one of you watches, uh, has to skip the episode on Daily Motion? Wait, what? Uh, I don't know. I'm watching it on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. I've been using the Daily Motion the whole time. Okay, then. I thought you might have um, realized something there, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, the reason why uh, the embryo room uh, is so sparse is because even though this was a six episode in, they were over budget. <laughs> and this is why you always have somebody in financing making sure you don't go over budget six episodes in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, we set number two sets the clock countdown for a week and then we start to go through what can I only describe as the Shakespeare's Seven Ages of Man uh, and I don't know if anybody else got this but I thought this was actually kind of a uh, interesting way to break somebody is that yeah. you take them all the way back and then let them, and then then build them up through key points in their life that you have, yeah. you know, documents for. And yeah. Then using that, you can see what led them to do uh, uh, certain decisions or manipulate them to do certain decisions. Because yeah, to them, they're re- just reliving what they they've already done. Yeah. What did you think, Aaron? I mean, yeah, I thought it was kind of kind of cool. I did wonder if if the the weird eyewear had any effect at all. Yeah, I thought they were going to do Get- mention something about the light, but they they never do. They just it seems to just add more lighting for the camera for recording purposes, I suppose. Or maybe, just maybe, and it's. Uh, the light is further hypnotizing number um, uh, number six, and the reason why number two is wearing those things is so he doesn't get affected by it. That's that's kind of what I wondered, and and I guess it maybe has a, that proves a point because you know later on he stops wearing it, but then you know six goes into the the explanation of the whole thing, so. I don't know if the eyewear is just something that they thought it would look cool and maybe we'll explain it in, later in, in the script. They had that written and then they just kind of ignored it altogether. Possibly. Um, <coughs> um, so we see number six in um, kindergarten. 
on the swing. He was on the seesaw. Seesaw, yes, exactly, sir. You're right. I don't know. Do they call it something weird in England? Over here, it's what, a seesaw. No, 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 no. We we call it exactly the same thing. We do, we do call um, kindergarten nursery school, though. Mm. But we're we're we we are weird English people. Ugh. Weirdos. I would like they to point out that when they get in there and they just to back up a little bit, they they come in and the and the yeah. butler is in the crib with the rattle, and he's just yeah. going to town on that rattle. Like, yeah. Why? Why is the butler there? <laughs> because uh, numbers two needs more hands. I. Just you know, our silent butler over there. Yeah. Going to town on that rattle. Yeah. And he. Yeah. Well, actually, number two, uh, number six was actually was on this on the uh, on the swing, wasn't he? Because he. Uh, he was on the swing when they're about to put the hat on from Dreddy Good School. Yeah, you're right. Which was after the seesaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then he's um, brought into the. He goes to school, and he's been brought into what I can only describe to as the headmaster's office. Do they really wear those hats over in England? No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> You, you you mean what they mean the um hat on number two or the hat number six? Uh the the flat top hat that uh, number two was wearing. Uh only if you um finish university. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And this is uh, at the point where a lot of people uh think there was a connection between the prisoner and uh, Danger Man. Danger Man. Exactly. Because everyone, because a lot of people think that he, number two says, report to me in the morning, Drake. Or in fact, he says, report to me in the morning, break. People just want this to be some connection to Danger Man. They, this is, they just want it to be. They just want it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Although, I did read an, um, kind of an off-topic thing about mm-hmm. this episode, is that uh, there's another fan theory going around that um, number six is actually McGowan's character from Ice Station Z. I've never read that one. I yeah. haven't heard that one. Um, yeah. You've got more details on that, or um, no? It's just because there's certain similarities between the characters, but then there are okay. other things like, um, like John Drake doesn't drink. Uh, number six drinks occasionally, and the character in Ice Station Zebra is like a borderline alcoholic. So that okay. something to think about, I guess. Cool. I said I've never heard that, so. Anyway, moving so, on. Yeah, exactly. He's, so he's called um, into the principal's headmaster. office. Yeah, headmaster. Exactly. For and talking he's not, in class. Exactly, and he's and he's not going to. He said he didn't do it, and he's not going to give up. Who was? Who did? Because he's not a rat. Mm. He may be a fool, but he's not a rat. Indeed. Which, so yes. So he's been told he's going to get. Uh. He's going to get the get number of the best, which obviously I'm assuming is going to be whip with the cane. Yeah, it's going to get a cane. Which, you know, seems to be extreme for talking in class. I don't know. Just me. Wow. Didn't he say it was like the ninth time, though, or something? Or was that something completely unrelated? It was like he'd been in the office nine times, I think. Uh... Yes. So maybe. So yes, and then he is. Um, we we cut to the graduation. And he graduates from school. 
and number six in this lovely little hat, and what well, I can only just think of a diploma. And yes, and we see the first question at the end of this particular scene of why did you resign? I feel like that almost ruined the whole thing. This like it just comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah, he builds up to it, but then suddenly he just slams him with, "Why did you resign?" It's like, wouldn't you want to wait later in 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 his in the progression? I that's what I thought, you know, because he just I was like, "Well, you." I feel like he almost blew the whole thing right then and there by just immediately jumping on, "Why did you resign?" It's just kind of where they were in his his life lifetime in in his brain, I guess. Yeah. Children are much more um susceptible, I suppose, that's the words I'm looking for. I suppose. You know, you haven't got as as many of the um uh, men well, I was gonna say mental blocks, but you know what I mean. Um so there's a bit of violence. Uh, between number two and number six, where number two or number six punches number two, and then uh, the butler comes over and whacks the number six on top of the head. He takes his time about it too. <laughs> yeah, just take, yeah, just wanders over. Just like, oh, I got the cane. Let me go put that down. Yeah. Okay, let me grab the billy club. It's back. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Quite, an in, quite, quite intense, isn't it? I mean, it was so intense, actually, that um, Liam McKern had a bit of a, had a, bit of a breakdown. Um, uh, later on, jumping forward, but it doesn't really matter. We've got the boxing scene later on in the episode. Uh According to McKern, uh, Petra put, put in the boxing scene where he took a lot of pleasure in punish me, punishing me with gloves on. <laughs> he was almost impossible to work with. A dreadful bully, always shouting and screaming and yelling about the place, hurrying up, saving money. By now, the intensity of the script and the performance between the two of these were, was incredible. It nearly drove the uh, crazy, recalled McGowan. But every single word was scripted. Because there were two pages of dialogue which read six, 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 six of one, six, six, six of one, six, six, six of one, half a pound of tuppity rights, etc., 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 Leo found it hard work. Uh, he, he got very, very depressed. And uh, he got, Leo McCoon actually got into a serious heart problem. So intense, they had to stop filming. And had to get Leo off the set. Uh, before he had a heart attack, and he was away from the studio for several days, but returned later to do further pickups on the episode. Yeah, this seems to be a running theme. Any time there's something that involves violence, uh, McGowan just gets way too invested in it. <laughs> yes, and um, McGowan was drinking very, very heavily. Mm. Uh, Mickey O'Toole, who I mentioned earlier, um, said actually he was charming. I liked him very, very much. Um, but back to the episode. Uh, we see number six on a rocking horse. Uh, pop, 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 yeah. pop, pop. <laughs> exactly the scene I just <laughs> referred to. Uh, refer to, yeah. Then we go to the boxing scene again, which I just referred to. Uh, as and uh, yeah, and he's looking directly at the light, which means he's being further hypnotized, in my opinion. That or he's staring up at it and willfully ignore ignoring it. Yeah, I, I mean, because the fact I, I I for me the fact that he wouldn't say six, I I was kind of always thinking, is there some tiny portion in the back of his mind that knows what's going on? Yeah, like up to this point. Obviously, later on, we, we see, but, but up to this point, I was kind of like, is there this tiny portion of his brain that's just kind of like, nope, I know this isn't real, this isn't real, I know I'm yeah. under some kind of control, and and so that's why he, he, that whole sequence of five, five, yeah. five, five. You just can't get him to go to six. He refused to go to six. Yeah. 
Yep. Then we cut to a um, then we cut to a fencing little scene, and where uh, number two, number six is stabbed by number two. Oh, sorry, number two is stabbed by number six. I should say. And uh, stabs him in the shoulder, and he gets a sling. Yeah, isn't, yeah, because he was um, because the the ball came off the end of the the fencing foil. Yeah. So and then two was actually taunting him to finish him off. Yeah. Then they're both. Um, then we really cut to what seemed to be an interview. And number two, number two is interviewing number six for a job. And it seems to be going quite well. Uh, but we've got... It's, um, he gets a job at a bank. Yeah. So we actually finally get to find out what Six does for a living. Yeah. He works at a bank. Which seems to be a... F- which obviously skipping ahead a little bit. It seems to be a front. Yeah. In it's, the- it's his uh, cover job or whatever. Yeah. Whatever is above the law. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently it doesn't save you from speeding tickets. No. <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah, so he just gets... And we... <laughs> why don't we just... Why don't we just cut to the, um... To the judge, judge scene, actually. Where he tries to, uh... Get out of the um, speeding fine, and it completely fails miserably. And then um, uh, he is locked up. In the Butler's the- having real fun with that Tinker Toy set. This oh, doing this yeah. the whole judge scene. Yeah, kind of like wee, wee. It's the, it's the uh, same thing that we saw. Way back in Arrival. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing that number six, when he goes to be, in, well, he's in the, um, uh, I was going to say job center. Yeah, where he's uh, with the one guy who was all freaking out when he knocked it over. Yeah. Yeah, we never yeah. did. We never did find out what six does in the village to get its work units. No, that's true. We never did. Yeah, we never did. Mm. Anyway, probably because he's got no job. He's on basic. He's on basic salary. You know, an un- unemployment benefit, as you, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Number six is unemployed. <laughs> yes. Get a job, you hippie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. um... Uh, number two decides to ask number six, alternating even numbers go. And we got two, we got four, but we don't get a six. And at that point, he's, um, he is found guilty. And he is, he, as I said, he is dragged across the table and been shut into, I was going to say, the jail. Yes, the, the jail. With the sink. Yep. And the knives. Yep. And the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> and then we uh we have we um have a conversation. Um and yeah, number. Th- what do you think actually of um, number two? No, number six being on the floor with number six standing over him with a knife, or number two being standing over number six with a knife. Anyway, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta jump back to that. Okay, sorry. 
I think I think that was kind of the point where you really kind of see the reversal between between two and six that six later explains because they kind of swap roles from the fencing match mm-hmm. two two is telling him to or two is telling six you know to kill but now six is the one telling two to to kill mm-hmm. am I making any sense or am I just blathering I see what you're saying they uh it starts to show the the stresses from degree absolute, how their their yeah. dynamic is starting to shift. Yeah. Because one of them has to break. Yeah. And if you notice in that particular uh, scene with the knife, at, num- at number two has no sling. However, in the very, very next scene, when they're um, pretending to be a, on the uh, plane, he's back wearing a sling. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. But I don't think I really thought much of it. I just... Yeah, because um, later on, he kind of abandons the sling again. Mm. So I figured he was just wearing it, you know, for the sake of the uh, uh, conditioning, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, I... There was a continuity slip on the part of Doris Martin regarding the Immacurian sling, which reappeared for the bond running sequence. That was recorded by the sudden script changes. And because none of the required props had, and because some of the required props had been scrapped by the time the mistake was realized, the reshoot was not possible. The mistake caused further tension on set between the director and star. Because uh, the thing with this particular episode um, was that a, a full script wasn't de- wasn't uh, given. Pages were um, only pages were uh, handed out. So, so when the script changes, so if a script is changed, some re- required a reshoot. Sometimes it was not possible because they've already shot it. Way to keep your cast informed, gentlemen. Yes. Budgets, they're a horrible thing. Yes. Anyway, we cut to the um, uh, German bombing sequence, and he they're forced to bail out. And number, and number six is behind enemy lines, in, well, quote-unquote, in Germany. Now this this I thought was interesting because I mean we've we've kind of been going through like the cliff notes of Six's life, yeah. And I mean, but how much of this is uh, what actually happened, and how much of this is just a uh, like a fantasy made up by the the village to to break him? I mean, was he was he actually in the war? You know, did he, he actually uh... get did he actually get shot down? No. He couldn't have been, actually. And I, I've actually got a note on that, actually, as well. Uh, where was it? Because the, the, yeah, the timelines don't work out. <laughs> How so? Uh, because uh, for, him to be in, for him to be in the war, he would have to be 19 to join the army. And uh, as I'm looking... The notes here, and I can't seem to find it to give you the direct quote. But then, um, but for him to join the army, it, he would have to be nineteen, and uh, and number two was born in so number six was born in nineteen twenty-eight, if my memory serves me correctly, which means he would have been born in uh, nineteen in nineteen forty-seven, I think, which is which is a couple of years after. Nope, sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. Sorry, number sorry, number six was born in nineteen uh, twenty-six, and from to be nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to read. The, I'm gonna have to find this. I'm gonna have to find this. Bear with me. Oh, 
So what you're saying is he's too young to have yeah. been yeah. uh, in the job they say he was in. Yeah. And you know how many people lied about their age for the war. That's true. Every single person lied about their age for the war. <laughs> At least a good percentage. At least a good percentage. Yeah, that, that is very, very true. At least that's what they tell us. Uh, I can't seem to find it, but yeah. So yeah, so he's actually too young to be in the war. So therefore, the from to be on a bombing raid would have been, you know, well, I say impossible, but you know, as you quite rightly pointed out, people would have lied. So yeah, so he's behind enemy lines, and uh, number two doing a blooming good German accent. Which means that, which tells me he's done some time in Germany. Uh, he might just be fluent German. That's true. Or he could have been. Oh, he could have been a spy in Germany in the Second World War. You never know. Mm. Perhaps he was a German. Possibly. Obviously, Danger Man connection confirmed. <laughs> so yeah, so number anyway, we uh, we cut to a scene between number uh, two and number six again because that's the only scenes we have in this episode. Um, Very and they, the butler. Oh, yeah, that's true. And the Emperor, the man, is where it starts. And they are talking about how um, how um, degree absolute works, and that he, number two is being incredibly um, honest about what's happening. And then we find out we've only got a few minutes left, and number two goes into panic mode. Yeah, it's amazing and, how uh, time flies when you're having fun, I guess. Yeah. The whole week mm. went by. It only felt like 30 minutes. Well, that's uh, true. <laughs> true, but if I was a number two, I would have made a mental note of how many days were going past. Yeah, seriously. Maybe mm. maybe sped some things up. Yeah. But anyway. So, yeah, so. So, um, now, now the whole point of Degree Absolute is basically yeah. that you insert yourself into someone's life. Yeah. To the point where you they trust you completely and that you can a- ask them any question. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, wouldn't there have been more fail-safes to it to make sure that what happens doesn't happen? Well, possibly, but we, it's called degree absolute, so you know it's going to be the last thing that they could possibly do. All or nothing, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, number two, no, number six, that's number two in the, in the cage. And number. And the butler two, hands him the yeah. key. Yeah. Oh, you think he thinks you're the boss now. Yes. And yeah, so number uh two is completely losing it. And it's getting quite intense between the two chaps. And we're only we're down to literally minutes or even seconds now. Yeah, because six is counting down all the minutes the whole time. Yeah, yeah. The seconds. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out that this is uh, number two's last chance. Yeah. And at the at the end of all of it, we get, we hear a voice uh, saying "die uh, to die," and he just collapses. Now, collapses dead. Heart failure, maybe? Don't know. 
was, obviously there couldn't have been anything in the drink because uh, number two was number six was drinking from it. But yeah, so it's, it's also who, who, whoever that voice was as well is telling him to die, and he dies. Hmm. So it's just more of the weird uh, village pushing cubes into your head. Yeah. And at the end, <laughs> uh, the um, supervisor comes in. And says, congratulations. What do you desire? Number one. He wants to see number one. Yeah. Although, and, though obviously, if he had the pick of anything, you know, he could have just said, oh, I want, I want to leave the village. Mm. Whatever. I don't yeah. And then, uh, they leave a big, they want the, apparently they want the body for evidence. What evidence? Uh, and we, I, I don't think we're uh, supposed to know. Yeah. Good to speculate, though. And then uh, we fade to black, and that's it. Yeah. Way to have a cliffhanger. Yeah. Take you to number one. Well, that was simple enough. Yeah. So. Overall, much better episode than we had the last one, right? Uh, better episode than, like, the last three. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, as I look for the uh, following titles... So, yep, there we um, oh, there's one thing we did. We 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 finally, well, we really got an answer to why um, number number six resigned. He said for peace of mind. Yeah, but that, but we already knew that. Mm. I mean, we learned that in uh, Chimes of Big Ben. Yeah, because he starts talking about how. Um, uh, for a very long time, something had been weighing on his conscience or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, in Japan, it was called the Final Confrontation. In Germany, it was called the One or the Other. Uh, initially, it was called it was uh, once upon a time, and oh, num- in in, um, in French, number six literally says instead of resigning for peace of mind, he resigned for for quote for laziness of mind. Yeah. What? Oh. I'll repeat that. Number six literally says instead of resigning for, quote, for peace of mind, he resigned for, quote, for laziness of mind. Uh. Okay. Is that just a translation error? Possibly. Those weird French people. <laughs> Damn Frenchies. Yes, indeed. So, have you got any anyone anyone want to say anything more? Uh, I liked this episode. Cool. <laughs> Aaron. Excellent. Well, why don't we enjoy this lovely ad then? Take the ads. They take the take exactly. The time has come, the villain said. 
to plot of many things. Of heroes, traps, and raygun blasts. Of minions and power rings. And why the sidekicks always die. And why the supervillains make the best kings. Supervillain Corner returns for its epic third season, premiering October 31st and dropping every following Saturday. Subscribe through iTunes or download the show directly from super-corner.com. That's super-corner.com. We will be back. The villains will be back. We always come back. <laughs> Oh, hey, we're back. We're back. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. And we have emails. 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 We're checking this email. We've got yeah, quite a few emails. <laughs> we've got quite a few emails, in fact. We've got quite a few already for, the, for our final episode as well, which is Once amazing. Once upon a time, alternate title, Feedback from Everybody. <laughs> yes, indeed. Sit back, relax, make yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the, and enjoy the feedback. Uh, to start with, we've got, uh, going through order here, uh, one from Johnny Bella. Who has that? Oh, we're doing Johnny's first. I thought we were going to do Drano's first, but okay. I've got John's. I've got Jen Baylor. Down to the final two episodes. Now all of our burdensome questions will be answered. That's what you think, John. Once Upon a Time is one of the integral episodes of the series and is my favorite. As much as I liked Leo McKern's number two in Chimes of Big Ben, here's where he really cements his place as my favorite. He is willing to risk everything to break number six. The concept of regressing six to his childhood and rapidly advancing through various important events of his life is interesting. After watching this episode dozens of times over the years, I'm still not clear if the till death do us part was literal or if he meant the death of their identities as number two or number six within the village. I have the impression that two succeeded in breaking... Had the expression to ha, had to, I'm sorry, I forgot, I missed the what word. Had to succeeded in breaking six, that six would have would not have physically died. It seems very counterproductive, and it would be a no win scenario for two. Fallout would seem to support this theory. Uh, spoilers, much, John? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, the act in the episode is very intense. No wonder McCurran collapsed during filming, as we mentioned earlier. In case we missed the opening every week to this point, or weren't quite sure, we finally learned the prisoner resigned for peace of mind. Too many people knew too much. He knew too much. We weren't told what specifically prompted the resignation, but whatever it was obviously had a big impact on him. Number two finally has the chance to break number six, but he loses it. Six soon turns the tables. Humpty Dumpty has been whole again, and here's where this episode really comes together. Six asserts control, and the butler accepts six as his new boss. Six suggests two resign. Two laughs. Not much later. Two suggests they escape, but six is done with trying to escape. Like six said in the, in the beginning, he was going to escape and, never, and come back. Destroy the village number two with it. He's already escaped the village and gone back, although he seems to be trying to help number two by suggesting he resign, effectively joining with number six. He is committed to destroying number two and the village not escaping. Six does seem interested in the fact that the unit is mobile. It could be useful information. Six tells two to ask himself. I take this as asking himself why he does, doesn't resign. Six tells two that two is number... Uh, Nothing, but two is too tied to his identity in the village and refuses to resign. He continues to drink until he dies. When number one starts dying, saying, die, six, die, it seems like number two dying. The prisoner will no longer be number six. Somehow their identities are intertwined without one the, the other can't exist. Geez, suddenly we're Harry Potter, apparently. <laughs> Although two had been drinking from the same yeah. bottle as the prisoner, the prisoner seems to be okay. Still, when the supervisor asks him what he wants, he smashes his glass on the floor and says, number one. Supervisor agrees to take him. Wow, what a way to lead into the final episode. I understand that this series was meant to take two 13-episode seasons. This would have been the last episode of the first season. I'm so glad that it ended up leading directly to the series finale instead. Be seeing you, John Baylor. Excellent. Brilliant. Thanks very much for that, John. And next up, we have an email from Harold. Who has that? That would be John. Yeah, sorry guys, I had you on mute for a second. That's no problem. Alright, so we got an email from Harold. And Harold writes, I was pleasantly surprised to see Leo McKern's name in the opening credits, since he was one of my favorite number twos. But my excitement level went up a whole another level during the first scene, when we see that McKern has been brought back and apparently against his will as some sort of endgame. This is something that I never really expected, as I have said before, I'm mostly a prisoner newbie, but not completely. About ten years ago, for a few months, I watched the 1960s Avengers show with Patrick Meney and Dana Rigg. Dana Rigg, I'm sorry. 
on the BBC America. The Prisoner aired immediately before that show, and I would flip over in time to see a few weird, bizarre endings. At one time, I saw most of uh, Many Happy Returns, which I assumed was the show's finale. So in other words, it has always been in my mind that the show ended with something like Six having almost escaped, getting a whiff of freedom, yet somehow winding back where he started, in a kind of never-ending loop. I never expected any sort of explanation for the village or the backstory of Six. None of that. I expected everything would remain mysterious and surreal and elusive. Now I have yet to see Fallout, and I have no idea what will happen next, but it does seem quite likely that I will... That we will meet number one, we'll get a better idea of what's behind the village. I can't wait. As for Once Upon a Time, it was very interesting with an intense bottle episode uh, that demanded repeat viewing. I watched it twice in consecutive nights trying to decipher Six's backstory. We sort of get answers as to why he cares so much and why he doesn't break. Uh, he is loyal to his cause, but not to institutionalized authority. He values secrecy and honors trust. He will not be a rat. And some things are, some things are not very clear to me. I am not exactly sure what happened to him when he was in the military, but I gathered he went to work for a bank, knowing that it was the front for some sort of government agency. Perhaps you guys and the Sarge will hash it out for me. I give it nine fools out of ten, not rats. To be continued. Dun dun dun. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for that uh, email, Harold. And now next up we have a Facebook comment. From Sergeant Drano, which I will read and need to see if I can find it first. Uh, Sergeant Drano writes, Definitely one of the best episodes of the series, in my opinion. I heard McGuin give McCurran an actual nervous breakdown during the course of filming. Our speculate interest I'll be particularly interested to hear our newbies speculate on what is probably the most complete answer we get on a resignation question. When Six says, I resign for peace, for peace of mind, because too many people knew too much. I knew about you, I know, I knew too much about you. You are an enemy. Uh, thanks very much for that, Sergeant Drano. And we move on to another email, uh, from Nutty Newchess. And who has that? I've got Nutty's emails. And Nutty writes, I don't really understand this episode much, but I think it's set for the conclusion of the series. I hope they knew it was concluding. So the first number two came back, and it was exciting. That was exciting, but it seemed to be a madman from the, st- he's from the start. It seemed to me that he was originally a prisoner and became number two was how he could make sense of it. But in the end, you're always a prisoner in the village. I thought Petra McGuin <laughs> did it. Did, some of his best acting in this series episode, though. So he gets credit for that. I'm interested to watch the last episode. Nutty. Oh, one more thing. I'm beginning to think the prisoner resigned because he didn't want to kill. There is something about him wanting to protect life at all costs to not kill that has been a growing theme in the series. This episode seemed to make a point of it. Excellent. Brilliant. Thanks for very much, Nutty. And last but not least, we have an email from um, for Davia. Davia. Davia? And Davia, she, exactly. She, she's never told us how to pronounce her name. No, she hasn't. Uh, this was a great episode. After the most recent episodes, that, which showed us how they had run out of ideas, this was a breath of fresh air. Uh, the return of the original number two was a good change. He was willing to actually take a risk with six. I liked all the games two and played on six and how six turned the tables on two. The death of two was a surprise, though. I'm also surprised that two took the butler with him as a partner rather than the tall guy who's usually in charge of the uh, equipment operators. Be ever wonderful. Thank you, David. Excellent. Thank you, David. And, of course, if you want to uh, email us, uh, you, could, you can at theprisonerintercast at gmail.com. You can search for the uh, In the Village of Prisoner Intercast on Facebook, and also we're on Twitter at theprisonerintro. But we're moving on to ratings now. And, Aaron... What would you rate this episode? Uh, overall, it was a little odd, but I did kind of enjoy it. I did kind of feel like this this is kind of the stuff that maybe they should have been doing the whole time to number six. Not necessarily to this severe degree, but kind of a lot more of the mind games, perhaps. Um, but it, overall, it was a pretty decent episode. I give it eight Tinker Toy Spinny Toys out of ten. Excellent. Uh, Aaron? Oh, no, Aaron? John? Sorry, John? Even J- John? Oh, well, I appreciate that, Shane. <laughs> Glad that you finally acknowledged me on the show. 
<laughs> yeah, um, I really like this episode. Again, this is the type of thing I think they should have been doing the whole time. Um, I mean, it was interesting to see, you know, bits and pieces of maybe Six's backstory, maybe not. You know, we don't know if it was constructed, you know, how reliable of a narrator we have here. Um, but all in all, I, I really like this episode. Um, I'm waiting for uh, the next one. So I'm going to give it uh, probably a solid 8. 8 out of 10 baby rattles. Excellent. And uh, I read this episode too. It is one of the best of the series, in my opinion, as Sergeant Drano said himself. Uh, so I'm going to have to give this 9 out of 10 Billy Clips to the head. Bonk. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, we're moving on. So, this is a cliffhanger. So, what do you want to happen in the next episode? Of course, it being the last episode as well. Well, I'm still holding out for a full-on rock opera, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, oh, yeah. I forgot about that last time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, finding out who number one is? Maybe? Who is number one? Yeah. Who, if we do find out who number one is, and says if we do, um, what would you want him to be? It should be the butler. Obviously, the butler is number one. The butler always does it. Okay, excellent. In the embryo room with the billy club. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts about what we might see next next episode? Maybe finding out what the hell Rover is? Maybe number one is actually the supervisor. Hmm. 26? Yes. It'd be a bit of an anti-climax, wouldn't it? I suppose it probably would be. Yeah. What is the thought? Okay. Excellent. Well, you can hear our thoughts in a fortnight on that one. Uh, but f- as always, we would like to thank the band Do Not Forsake Me and My Darling, uh, Sophia, and uh, and you can find their music at do not forsake uh, dot com. Uh, hopefully, we can get together and record a, a commentary for the uh, next episode, which hopefully will okay. be out. Hopefully, which hopefully will be out next week. Uh, but in the meantime, we will say cheerio. Cheerio. Bye, everybody. Bye. Be seeing you. Be seeing you.